Two guys, two continents, two missionaries, one gospel. You're listening to the Truth Be Known podcast with your hosts, Nathaniel Jolly and Bill Issa. Okay, for you guys out there who are listening to our podcast and you're thinking about doing your own, uh, just real quick in 30 seconds, let me give you a heads up. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. In 30 seconds here, it's absolutely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is awesome. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and many more. Also, you can make money from your podcast, which is exactly what I'm doing right now, in 30 seconds with no minimum listenership. It's an awesome place to do your podcast. It's everything you need all in one place. So download the free Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started. Super easy. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, go check it out. So without further ado, we'll jump right into our content. Welcome back to Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Jolly. I'm Bill Issa, the Ugandan. We want to invite you back for part two of uh, the charismatic episode where we're kind of giving you a little bit of background about ourselves. So uh, last episode, uh, Bill shared his story and about his background coming out of Pentecostalism. And this week, I'm going to share a little bit about my story. Okay, so brother uh, Nathaniel, it's uh, glad that we are back again for our second episode of this podcast. Uh, last week, we, uh, you heard of my story. And uh, this time is yours, brother. I'd like to, you to tell our, our audience about your background, uh, because now you are a reformed believer, but you were once a charismatic believer. How did you make it from that world to this world, brother? Please try to share with us briefly. Yeah, um, that is a good question. And uh, just as you said, and like you, I came out of the charismatic background. I actually uh, came to know Christ in, in a business meeting uh, called Amway. Mm. Now, some of our... Uh, Amway? Amway. Some of our listeners may know of it. It's a multi-level marketing scheme really. And it is totally full of the prosperity gospel. Um, but God in his sovereignty, when I was a late teenager, uh, called me to himself during one of these meetings. Um, and I believe that it was a genuine conversion at that time. Um, and so that's kind of how my journey began at the age of, I guess, about 17, somewhere around there. Uh, interestingly enough, I um, I never heard the gospel uh, living in the South part of the U.S. until I was a late teenager, which is unusual for the area I live in. My very next uh, experience was in a Kenneth Copeland meeting where I was taught to speak in tongues. That was an interesting meeting because they put a whole bunch of us in a little room and they began to tell us that God wanted everyone to have the gift of speaking in tongues. And so we were just supposed to open our mouths and let something come out. 
Well, this was my first experience of uh, kind of hesitation in this sort of thing. Uh, in fact, I, I was considered a bit of a hard case in that situation because I just stood there and while everyone around me was making all these sounds, nothing was coming out of my mouth. Even as a teenager, wow. I kind of had the thought, well, if this is something God's doing, then why isn't it happening? So eventually, uh, several of the ushers at this Kenneth Copeland meeting came around me and started praying real hard, you know, trying to help me speak in tongues. And eventually, you know, I was told just to start making sounds with my mouth. I was uncomfortable doing that. And uh, but, you know, I'm in a room of maybe a hundred plus people. Everyone, you know, as far as I can remember, everyone around me was speaking in speaking in tongues. And I have air quotation marks there. And I was the only one not doing it. Uh, so eventually I kind of gave into that and just started making up words. But this is important. I knew that I was making the words up. There was never a time where I thought it was something supernatural. I couldn't have put words to that then, but this was soon after coming to Christ and learning how to speak in tongues. I, I was uncomfortable with how that all happened. But uh, mo moving forward a little bit, I actually ended up in a rather healthy church very soon after that. They did not practice mm. tongues. They did not practice uh, prophesying. Um, none of that kind of thing. They were sort of your, I, I call them light reform Baptists. Mm -hmm. They taught a lot of reformed-ish doctrines, although they didn't call it that. They didn't use the terminology. They were just kind of a generally healthy Baptist church at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, later on, after a couple years, just around the age of 20, give or take, I became the youth pastor in that church. It was a great church, uh, except uh, as the years went by, they started drifting a little more liberal, a little more hints of some charismatic things. Some of the elders started bringing in some charismatic things. The prosperity gospel came in very lightly through one of the elders. And again, these terms weren't used in the church, but looking back, this is what it was. For instance, one of the elders was the one who exposed me to Kenneth Copeland previously before I joined the church. But, you know, eventually as time went on, that church fell apart after it had been operating for maybe 12-ish years. And this is when my life really got crazy. I went from that church and I was probably... Um, just in my early 20s at this stage. So the church had been going long before I joined it. So it closed down and, and I got plugged into a vineyard church. Now, for our listeners who don't know, the vineyard church is kind of a neo-charismatic movement. They deal a lot with about the fivefold ministry. It's also considered part of the signs and wonders movement in the church. It was part of the Toronto Blessing, uh, the Kansas City Prophets, etc. So uh, guys, at least on our side, if they think of the holy laughter movement that happened, our church was really connected to that type of thing. I ended up becoming their evangelism pastor. And at this stage, I, I still had not used the term charismatic. My journey in the charismatic church really ramped up from the time I joined this church. The reason was this church was full-blown charismatic. And so, you know, they had a quote-unquote resident prophet 
Um, they, they didn't have an, an apostle or anyone they called an apostle, but the pastor of the church definitely considered himself the apostle of that church. They promoted people seeing visions. Uh, they promoted dream interpretation. This church did uh, healing rooms. And, and so this was a really, and, and I got, I mean, I was just head first in this stuff. So this is where I kind of learned how to do dream interpretation. I learned how to prophesy. I continued the practice or, or really kind of re-began the practice of speaking in tongues. Yeah, very spiritual, quote unquote spiritual. You know, went to prayer meetings every morning at seven in the morning. But interestingly enough, I really started to develop a very cautious and an almost kind of guarded attitude after I'd been in this church for a little bit of time. And the reason is because I started getting frustrated with language like God is about to do something. You'll relate to that, brother. In the charismatic Pentecostal church, God is always about to do something, right? And that frustrated me because... Yeah, it frustrated me. Um, and, and in other language, like, they would always say things like, well, there's a new season coming. There's a new season coming. It seemed like every month, or every couple months, God was bringing a new season into the church. That was frustrating to me because I thought, well, nothing new was happening. What are these people on about? Just a lot of that kind of stuff. So I started getting frustrated with that sort of language. And, and really, looking back, this was God working in my heart, working in my life. You know, I was a studious uh, individual. I was studying the scriptures. Um, and I started getting frustrated with things like a hyper-focus on angels. You know, these guys were always looking for angels, always saying that angels were showing up in our meetings. And, and yet, I would go to scripture And whenever I saw an angel appear to someone in the Bible, these people were afraid. They fell on their face. They even worshiped the angel. You know, the pattern in scripture is that the angel always had to say, do not be afraid. But in the charismatic church, people were never afraid. The angels were just hanging out in the ceiling watching us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you laugh because you know. That's interesting. You know that that's how it happened. Yeah, sure, brother. That frust- that frustrated me, right? Um, it, because what I was seeing in scripture wasn't what was happening in the church, and I, I guess this was the big straw before it put the camel's back. What was was one day the prophet, supposed prophet, said that we needed to have communion, and so I'm okay with taking communion go outside but then what happened i mean this this was this was the big straw just before the camel's back was broken the prophet said that god wanted to break the curse over the ground now we're talking about the curse that god placed on the earth at the time of adam and eve you know uh breaking his commandment not to eat of the fruit of the tree so the prophet says that god's gonna break this curse but we have to take communion now get this with the ground And if that sounds eerily like witchcraft to you being in Africa, that's because that's exactly. So the whole church, those of us who were at this meeting, we stood outside, they poured the grape juice for us, we got bread. And then what they did is they took half of the juice and then they poured the other half on the ground. I didn't participate 
fact, I confronted the senior pastor as a pastor myself in this church, just publicly, openly at that stage and just said, look, we don't take communion with any uh, we can't do this. This isn't right. I mean, this is paganism. This is witchcraft. You know, God never promised to break the curse over the ground. That is a done deal until Christ returns. And basically, they told me just to get back in line and to submit to authority. Now, this is a big thing in the charismatic church. You submit to the, the man, the head apostolic guy. No one questions his authority. Um, so they continued, and I did not. Uh, they they took half the bread, they crumbled up the other half, and threw it on the ground, and you know proclaimed that the curse was broken over the ground. Yeah. So that that was that was a huge thing. I had a big problem with that. Uh, so I actually ended up leaving that church and uh, moving on to. I didn't know then, but even a more crazy situation in a much larger church. Interestingly enough, supposedly the Holy Spirit told that pastor that he was supposed to be an apostle to the nations. So he resigned as the senior pastor there, and he ended up uh, doing ministry in Uganda, which maybe we'll get to in another episode because the fruit of his work, we actually met at a that is the fruit of his work there in Uganda. But anyway, to shorten my story a little bit, uh, I ended up going to a much bigger church called Morning Star Ministries. Now, Morning Star Ministries is a large ministry on the East Coast, and it's sort of like the the brother or the twin to Bill Johnson's church in Redding, California, Bethel Church. Morning Star Ministries is by the so-called apostolic pastor Rick Joyner. So I worked for the church there. Um, I, I managed uh, their warehouse and their shipping departments, but I also taught in the church. So I taught dream interpretation. I taught deliverance ministry. I led deliverance teams. Now, for our listeners who have no idea what a deliverance ministry is or a deliverance team, just kind of think of Catholic exorcism with a Protestant flavor. Um, yeah, I taught on how to prophesy, how to interpret prophecy. I, I mean, I, I was really uh, just head deep into this stuff, except all along the lines, I've been frustrated and I've had issues with lots of things that I've seen in the church. It's this constant nagging that was happening in my heart that I now realize was the Holy Spirit's prompting. That kind of all of this, I, I had an off feeling about all of this doctrine I've been teaching, that I've been hearing, that I've been preaching. And, and then another big event happened. It was a uh, conference that happened at Morningstar Ministries, and you can actually probably find this conference on YouTube somewhere. They uh, make most of their conferences public. We've got some big chatter in the background, so I apologize for that. I'm not sure what's going on there. It's hard to do this between two continents, so just bear with us. But anyway, um, so Morningstar did this big conference. And I, I'm going to just describe for you what happened at this conference because this conference, along with a series of teachings I did, is really ultimately what broke the camel's back and brought me out of this movement wholesale. Uh, so at this conference, there was a guy, a, a so-called prophet, speaking named Robin McMillan. 
Now, Rick Joyner, remember, who is the kind of apostle, so-called, of this ministry, he was above the stage area, and uh, since I was an employee of the church, I attend a lot of the conferences for free. I was in the very back, and there are probably, you know, maybe 1,500 people at this conference. I mean, they, they have large conferences, and I watch Rick Joyner dip cup of water and splash it from very high up on Robin onto Robin McMillan's head. Now, he's very high up. It's a multiple story venue. Robin McMillan doesn't know what's happened. However, though and I'm watching all this. So the moment the water hits Robin McMillan's head, he says something to the effect of I just felt the rain of the Holy Spirit. Now, brother, oh. when that when that happened, people in the audience went nuts. People started supposedly falling out, being slain in the spirit. Uh, you know, Robin McMillan prompted the crowd something like, you know, can you feel the rain of the spirit? And people had their hands up and they were supposedly worshiping and people were saying that they felt the rain too. And it's all a sham, right? Um and, and because I saw all of this, I just thought, wow, this guy knows that it's not really raining. He may not know what happened to him, but he knows. I know the guy as well. And, and people are just flat out lying. They're saying they feel this Holy Spirit rain, but there's no rain. It was a drop of water on this guy's head. And, uh, you know, after I'm talking to people and people are telling me things like, oh, brother, I just felt the Holy Spirit move. I felt the rain of the Holy Spirit. Did you feel it? People were laying all over the floor, rolling around, laughing. And I just, this whole thing just disturbed me because I knew that this was not God. It was the result of a guy playing a practical choke on a, a joke on another guy, and uh, whatever it was, it, it wasn't God. So shortly after that, I was doing some teaching through one of the books of the Bible, and I just came to the conclusion that these years, what I've been teaching as a pastor and what I've been doing and what I've been hearing isn't lining up at all with Scripture. And, and so it just, you know, I, I remember sitting in my room one night and just thinking something like, oh, my God, I think I'm a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, that is the worst and worst feeling and best thing that ever happened to me. And, and so I get online, on the Internet, on YouTube, and I just start looking up things about God, and I come on to this uh, mashup video on repentance and God's holiness, and this thing had me on my floor, weeping in tears, asking for forgiveness, and it had guys in it like Leonard Ravenhill, a very young Paul Washer. There were maybe six, seven different clips of sermons that someone had put together, and I don't agree with all of their doctrine. David Wilkerson was in it, but they were talking about repentance that's required and holiness. 
And this just isn't something that I ever really taught or you ever hear in the charismatic church. Now, again, I believe my conversion experience was a genuine one. You know, when I came to Christ, I came repenting myself of my own sin, my own wickedness. But after years of being caught up in the charismatic church, you sort of get away from a lifestyle of pursuing holiness. You get away from a lifestyle of anything called repentance and you fall into this teaching of hyper grace, hyper love, right? God has grace for everything. He loves you just as you are. You don't need to change. You don't need to pursue holiness. That's legalism. And so I'd fallen into this and there in my floor, I just repented of all this and just said, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm going with what I see in the scripture. And so, you know, I really ramped up my study. Uh, I, I was already working on a degree. So there were a lot of things that God was using, bringing me out at this particular time. And, and so I really became more diligent in my study. I came to the doctrines of grace without anyone telling me that's what they were. I came to reform doctrine without knowing that's what it was. It was just from searching in the scriptures and I really became just so sick and tired of seeing and hearing what I knew wasn't in the Bible that I just started asking the question, what is in the Bible? What does the scripture teach about this? And whatever it says, I'm going to believe and live my life by. That's how I came to the doctrines of grace. You know, and as time went on, you know, as I finished some education, I came to understand that what I was believing was reformed theology was called the doctrines of grace. I became familiar with terms like Calvinism and things like this. And really just biblical doctrine and being able to put terminology on it as I got educated. And so that's kind of my story and how I came out of the charismatic church. Now this happened, gosh, I, you know, I'm really terrible at time frames, but I think I've been out maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years, something like that. It, it's been quite a while, but it, you know, it took, it still took time after I came out of that movement to break bad habits that I had. It took time to readjust my thinking, to renew my mind. You know, the scripture tells us that we renew our minds by the washing of the word. Um, and it just took a lot of diligence to come fully out of that movement. So that's a little bit about my background. For you guys listening, the reason we did this two-part series is just so that you could see that, you know, our unique perspective is coming from a place where we were trapped in that movement and God in his sovereignty, because he redeemed us, brought us out of that movement into sound doctrine. And that's really a big part of what we hope this uh, podcast will do is, you know, be an apologetic and we'll give you some encouragement for your loved ones, your family, your friends who maybe are in this movement and you're asking the question, will they ever get out? And I think, Bill, you would probably agree with me, right? That if God has redeemed someone, he will eventually bring them out of this movement. What do you think? I, I really believe that because I saw it myself. I've heard it from you and I've seen it with many other people around here that when the Lord really redeems you, he cannot really leave you with such it just brings you out to where you'll be feeding your inner man with the word of God. And 
I've been really uh, amazed with your story, brother. Touched by it, especially the fact that we we live in different continents, two different cultures, but it's amazing to hear how our stories look alike. You know, the way the Lord brought us from those movements without any person teaching us all these things, we just himself from Scripture direct. We, we, we came to hear about the doctrines of grace from people later, but the Spirit of Christ himself through Scripture to prove to us and to, the, to our listeners of the powers of Scripture. So, brother, this has been too, too touching to me. May the Lord be glorified, brother. Yeah, amen. And, you know, a lot of what our listeners are going to hear from the two of us are things like sola scriptura, you know, scripture alone. They're going to hear a lot about the sufficiency of scripture because the scriptures are sufficient. They're enough to bring people out of heresy, out of false teaching. And so, you know, as we wrap up, I just want to encourage our listeners, as you listen to us, we're going to answer a lot of questions for you. We're going to talk a lot about specifics of doctrines, why they're not biblical, what the biblical doctrine is. But more importantly, I hope that we give you some tools to be able to, in many cases, evangelize your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones who might not be saved in the charismatic Pentecostal movement, because the reality is there are a lot of followers in the charismatic movement who simply do not follow Jesus of the Bible. And we'll get into a lot of that. So we hope that our podcast will benefit you. And before we go, we would love for you, our listeners, to help us out in the comment section below, whether you're listening through Facebook or through Twitter. We would love to hear some topics that you would like covered. Give us some suggestions for future podcasts, and we'll try to cover a lot of those. But we'll give you a little sneak peek of our content for next week. We're going to talk about the gift of tongues, and we're going to answer a lot of questions around the biblical gift of tongues and practice of tongues in the charismatic Pentecostal church. So thanks for listening, and until we meet again, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast, hosted by Bill Issa and Nathaniel Jolly is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program, serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device, or listen online at anchor.fm forward slash truthbeknown.